0: Welcome to this episode of Broadcast. I'm Chloe and I'm here with Nathan and Manu, our sports editors. Hello. Hi. And I'm also here with a very special guest in Claudia because she has done something very, very exciting and we all want to talk about it and exploit it for content. Hello.
1: Yeah. Like, there's no other way of saying it. That is...
0: Okay, well, that's fair. I accept it. <laughs> so, would you like to describe what exciting thing that you've done? Okay. So... Exactly like a month ago,
2: I was actually in South Korea in the Gangwon province at the Winter Youth Olympic Games. And I was there as a young reporter, which is a program organized by the International Olympic Committee to train um, young aspiring journalists and to make them do like some field work and just go out there and practice while at the same time, like following a couple of lectures and having some mentors that explain you what to do. And they do it at the Winter Youth Olympic Games, which is a smaller version of the Olympics, basically for kids between fifteen and eighteen years old.
0: That's so cool. That's oh. so cool. I know. I remember when you <laughs> I remember when you first told me about it that you were going for it and I was like, That's so cool. Oh my yeah. god. I don't do sports journalism, I don't do sports writing, but Oh that's so that, cool. yeah, but like, yeah. that
1: is so, cool. Compared, yeah. so <laughs> cool. compared to like stuff here that is mad. Like, there isn't, there yeah.
0: isn't much winter sports here, other than snow sports, and I think that's no. it, really. Yeah, yeah. I think they do a bit of curling, but not too much.
1: No, they've got that like skiing thing. That's like...
0: Yeah. yeah, I know someone in, in ski who does skiing, but that's so cool.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think that might be this whole podcast. Which should we should be going to cool
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're just better than us. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you find it?
2: Well, actually, it was. A funny story because it was completely random like I opened Instagram one morning and I saw the post from Milan Cortina saying like oh do you want to be a sports reporter apply for this program and I read it and I was like okay you know what like it seems cool and at first I thought like I had to pay for everything so like I called my dad and I was like there's this really cool thing but it's in South Korea so like you know and then I read it and I was like oh no like all expenses are taken care of. And I thought, okay, I'll just try it. And so I had to like send in CV, motivational letter, a couple of references and some examples of my work. And I just sent everything and I I thought, okay, like whatever happens, happens. Like worst thing they can do is say no. And I thought they were going to say no.
0: Chloe didn't, but I thought... I had full confidence (laughs) in you the entire time.
2: I thought they were going to say no. Um, And then, well, I got selected as one of the four finalists, you can say. And we had this meeting in Milan with the four finalists, and it was really cool because we went to like top floor of a really tall tower, so like I had a view of Milan. And it was really nice, and I met the other three like competitors, and they were choosing a guy and a girl. So like it was 50-50 between me and the other girl. And I went out of this meeting, I called my parents, and I was like, okay, I'm never going to get it. I was the youngest, and I was the only one without a degree, because they were all doing their masters in Italy. And I thought okay like i mean they're older they have more experience who am i to just go and then i did my interview with um like members of the ioc and i was like super chill i was like they're having a chat because I, I i had nothing to lose i was like i'm just gonna talk and tell them what i do tell them like what i like and why i want to go there and then like they'll make the final decision like it's not up to me that's all i could do and then a week later I got an email and I was having breakfast with one of my flatmates from here who came to visit me in Geneva and we were having breakfast and I read this email and like I don't know I think my face went like was super surprised because everyone turned around to look and I was like I- I'm going to Korea <laughs> and for the whole morning that's all I could say I was like <laughs> I went home I told my mom and I was like walking around the kitchen table just saying oh my god I'm going to
0: Korea <laughs>
3: Don't blame me, to be fair. I'd be doing the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh, God. I imagine, like, especially for someone at, like, our level, that is, like, peak. Yeah. That feels, like, that feels insane. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, the good thing is, like, we were all between the same kind of age range, because it was for people between 18 and 25. Mm -hmm. So, it was all kind of people our age, and then some people had more experience, some people had less experience, but, Yeah. But still, it's like, cool.
3: to go up against people who are, like, doing their masters and you're still doing your undergrad, like, that's a really good accomplishment. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's because we get, like, here we get a lot of, like, practical, hands-on qualities and skills that they don't do in Italy, usually. So I think that kind of gave me the advantage, but, yeah. That's
1: crazy. I don't know, I, don't, I didn't think, I didn't expect it to be like the interview. I just thought, like, they'd just let you do it. <laughs> I thought they'd, like you'd meet and then they'd, like, you go and do it. I can't believe, like,
2: no, apparently... There was, like, a
1: competition. Yeah, like, eyes.
2: from... Because we I applied through Milan Cortina because they were choosing the, like, the young reporters from the countries that would host the next Olympics. So it was Korea, obviously, mm. Italy, France, and Senegal, who will host the youth Summer Olympics. And so for Milan Cortina, there were, like, 40 people applying. And that was just up to me and the other guy that came with me.
0: What was the process you had like before you went what did you have to do like to prepare for like flying out there like well I didn't have to do much I mean just look at
2: my emails like constantly because we would get like updates and all of that but they booked my flights and they booked the hotel so I just read my emails and I just planned my trip because we well we we're flying from Milan so like I had to arrange going to Milan and everything but it was quite easy because I've got family in Milan so could just stay at their place. And yeah, they just told us basically to read a little bit about what the Youth Olympics are and what kind of like winter sports there are. Um, and then we had a couple of meetings with them online just to like get to know the mentors, get to know the other people who were coming. But yeah, we didn't have to do much because it was pretty much all done by them for us. And as long as we were like ready to reply to the emails, then it was fine.
1: Did you feel sort of, ready to go and do the reporting when you set off because like it might be one of those things where you i'm sure like they go oh yeah we'll do lots of like training and stuff when you get here but that's like such a daunting thing to hear like oh yeah i'll just be all sorted when you get there like you want to do like loads of like reading up and stuff or did you just trust them <laughs>
2: No, I I did a lot of reading, like, read about the games and what they did, and I I also did a little bit of research on the Younger Warriors program and, like, what they did the previous years, because I didn't really know what to expect. They were just like, okay, so you're going to have, like, some lessons, and then you're going to do, like, drop on the field, but they didn't really explain it. I think they kind of wanted to keep it a surprise as well. So I went in thinking it would be more theoretical than practice. And then it, it was just all about practice. We just had a couple of lectures and then it was mostly guest speakers. And then it was just us going out there, going to the venues. So I, I guess I didn't expect it to be that practical, but no, I was, I was excited. I was also terrified before going. I think, cause I started realizing how big of a thing was like closer to leaving. Cause I, well, I was talking to my supervisors for the project and he was I was telling him about my idea. and he was like, wow, that's amazing. Like you're doing a really cool thing. And then like a couple of days after I got an email from the uni saying, oh like would you be okay like doing an interview with us and like we can write an article about you and like put it on the internet? And I I said, yeah, like that would be so cool. And then I just, I don't know, went home and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, you know, kind of like imposter syndrome, like yeah. doing something really, really big. And I was like, I'm actually doing this like I am crazy why am I doing this I'll never be I don't know I was afraid of like everyone was expecting these big things and I was like what if it's not that big of a thing and then I mean it was but like at the beginning I was afraid of like what if it's a disappointment and like everyone's expecting it to be like amazing and fun and big and then I don't know I just go there and it's not as good but yeah it was it was really good
1: (laughs) good (laughs) that's that's, that's good good to know
0: (laughs) You got your interview with Brick. That was on like the front page. Yes, of I the saw that. Refreshers print edition. And great. then
2: yeah, I got the interview with the uni. And then now I need to do a video for the uni. Uh, they want me to do like a little kind of recap of what I did, like kind of a reel to post on Instagram.
0: You're gonna be talking nice. about this for months.
2: I think I think that's gonna be my entire personality. for yeah. you know, like, the rest of my life. You're gonna
1: be on like the brochures they hand out to like kids want to come to this uni. Yeah, you're gonna be, be like, look at oh, oh
0: my god, I, I didn't think about that. I, I didn't think about that. It's like, oh my god, one of our journalism students went to South Korea. Wow.
1: <laughs> Were you there in that lecture where John McClellan talked about um, when Andrew Robson walked to like went to Newcastle and did a walk for his project? Oh, yeah. y- I think so, yeah. You're going to be that story yeah, for, like, actually. 10 years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'll probably never know about it because I won't be here, <laughs> oh, but no. they'll invite you back. will email me.
3: I'll
2: probably get an email at some point and be like, oh, can you, like,
0: come back and, like, do yeah. a little guest speaking? Like, no, yeah. actually, I'm being a Bing reporter at the, wind, uh, the Olympic Games, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm, know,
1: well... I'm, but did,
3: I'm doing did. a job. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Claudia, when you applied, was it in
3: Italian or in English and like when you actually went there was it fully in English the reporting?
2: So when I applied um, it was a mix of both so the form I had to complete was in Italian but everything was supposed to be in English so like CV uh, all the letters they all had to be in English because they were not only judged by Milan Cortina they were also like judged by the Olympic Committee so it was kind of international and then once there it was all in English like I would speak Italian with the other Italian guy but all the work was in English and all the interviews, all the articles, all the mentors were like from Canada or from US, Australia. So it was all in English. But yeah. it's like the English language was a requirement, like to apply that you needed to have a certain level of like English language.
0: What was your kind of day to day like
2: uh, when you got there? Okay, so we would wake up quite early, like kind of seven-ish. Then, yeah. Go have breakfast, and I mean breakfast was one of my favorite parts. First of all, because it was like full hotel buffet, and then it was like on the twentieth floor, ocean view with the sun rays on the ocean. So that was like a really good way to start the day. Right. <laughs> and we had an infinity pool there on the roof as well, so oh, we no could way. see that. And then yeah, yeah
1: we, we would would would... just like skip a day and just stay at <laughs> the hotel. Uh, no, like
3: no I went to holiday. the pool
2: once. It was not a holiday, but we did have a kind of free afternoon where I could. Go to the pool. So I did go to the pool. But yeah, so like, then we would go to the media center to like meet with our mentors. And sometimes we would have like classes or guest speakers coming. We had like the president of the Olympic Committee coming to speak, the vice president of the Olympic Committee. And they're all the sources I'm using for the project. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> But yeah. So we had a couple of guest speakers. And then we would just like tell our mentors kind of what our plans were. Because we were divided in three groups. So we're doing photography, print and broadcast. And like, it was pretty free. So we could choose what we wanted to do. So like, say I have to do photography. I could choose if I want to take pictures of ice skating or skiing or curling or wherever it was on that day. Uh, We just have to communicate it to the mentors so that they kind of knew what everybody was doing and where we were going. Because some of the menus were where we were staying some others who had to like travel a bit further to like different cities. So, like, they kind of had to know what we were doing all the time. Um, but then, yeah, we'd just go out there, go to the venues and either do interviews or take our pictures, do the videos. Uh, we could also go to the Olympic Village because we had this really special access that was the only one I'll ever have in my life because journalists <laughs> are not allowed in the Olympic Village. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I-, I found out, I had no idea, but journalists are not allowed because of like privacy for the athletes Mm -hmm. but they gave us a special pass so that we could do like a bit more reporting like if we wanted to do a more like chill project we could do it at the village instead of only going to the venues so we had this special access um so we would just yeah go around gather stories and then either go back to the hotel or back to a media center and like write them and we were pretty much free like every day as long as we submitted everything by midnight that day. So like, we had the deadlines, like daily deadlines. So like, if I organize and I take all the pictures in the morning, I've got a free afternoon. But if I don't, then I have to work all afternoon, all evening until everything is submitted. So it was kind of like free, but organized. And then yeah, like for dinner, we were pretty much free. So we could go out, have like a walk into the town, uh, try some traditional Korean food. It was this really good market that we went to, or we would go to the village and eat with the athletes because we could eat for free and like just nice. go to the village canteen. <laughs> because uh, it was like because they were staying in a university, so it was like a cafeteria, mm-hmm. and we would just go there and have our dinner with the athletes. I made some friends there, so it was nice. Nice, nice
1: cool. sources to have when you you know when they make it oh, oh yeah
2: yeah <laughs> like some of them we follow each things? other on instagram so hopefully yeah
1: see like going out there obviously you talked about the broadcast the print and the photography did you sort of have an idea of where you wanted to focus when you went there and did that sort of change at any point
2: i when i went i thought i would like focus on broadcast more just because i like i like taking videos and yeah i like talking to people i really enjoyed doing print because our mentor was really good, so I really enjoyed that, and I kind of discovered photography because I'd never done it before. Um, so I was quite scared of it at first because I was like, I've never like held a proper camera. Like I had like small cameras, but it was quite scary. This big Sony cameras, like a lot of zoom and everything. But I had so much fun taking pictures. I I'm not sure that's kind of like the path I wanted to go, to, like actually and like, as a job. But I really enjoyed it. I had so much fun taking pictures. And I kind of, like, took some pictures of the athletes and they asked me to send them to them. And they posted a couple of them. So, like, I was quite satisfied with that. I saw your speed skating
0: one. Same. That was the one. I think that was the one that was That
2: that was the one they posted on my story.
0: Yeah. 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 I sent it it
2: to the the guy. That one was so good. Like, he posted it and he tagged me in the picture. So, and the other speed skating guy as well. That's I was I was quite happy yeah. it's like nice recognition for mm-hmm. what you
1: um, know. It's and like you you'll be able to show people that forever now. Like you you could do
2: yeah like yeah. sports
1: photography that you could do that. Yeah, like,
2: now. I still have all most of the pictures on my laptop, so have mm-hmm. a lot of them actually. You're I've got, get stolen yeah. for photography right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll talk to Jonathan. <laughs> um, please do. Like, yeah, you were talking. We were talking about that going back from the game with Manu. Um, that I took some pictures of a game, and we had a, like a really nice one of one of our teammates like jumping, and she was like, "Oh, you did your training." <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. You can see that um, in yeah. the photos that she takes. Did you take any other photos like of any other sports, or was it just speed skating?
2: Uh no, I took others. Mm, took a couple of curling, and then I did figure skating. And what else did I do? I think I did some skiing. I took a lot of pictures at the Olympic, uh, the opening ceremony, and it was really nice to have one where they like light up the Olympic torch. Oh, that's that's <laughs> amazing! That was like a magical moment. But and then yeah, I think hockey. Have a couple of hockey. I I did mostly like indoor sports and everything just because traveling to the venues was really long and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like to go to some venues was like two hours with us, so we kind of like lose the whole day.
0: So I kind of decided to like stay more in our area. How many kind of things did you have to like submit to them a day? It kind of depends. It was
2: technically like either one article, one broadcast or around 10 to 15 pictures. Because uh, photography is kind of the easiest. But then if you take a thousand pictures and you need to, like, cut it down to 15, it's it's not as easy. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of, like, one thing per category. So it was not that much. But sometimes just things don't go as planned. So, like, you have one interview and you want to write, like, one article. And then you can't do the interview because whatever, something happens. And so you just you know you have to submit that article and of course you can change the topic like if you say you're going to interview a hockey player and then you can't find them you don't have to go through with the hockey player like you can change the subject but you still need to submit something by the end of the day so there's also like that little bit of pressure because you're like okay that interview didn't go um I've got say 10 hours I need to find something else I need to find another kid to talk to or a coach or whatever it is. And then, yeah, it just, it becomes a lot more rushed.
1: Did that ever happen?
2: Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, that was speaking for personal experience. Um, I was supposed to interview this um, skater after her race. And then she just left. And she had this really good story because she was from, like, South Africa, which is not exactly, like, skiing and everything. It's not, like, that country. So I wanted to know her story. But then she just left. And I had no way to contact her. So, and I was in another city that was like an hour and a half away from what I was saying. So I, well, the print mentor was really good because he would call us like a certain time of the day and be like, okay, how are you getting on with your things? So he called me and I was like, Steve, okay. So I had like a major <laughs> setback. I am like rushing back to see um, if there's anything else I can find. And then in the end, I went back to short track. Uh, Speed skating and there was this kid who won the bronze medal because the two people in front of him fell So he was kind of like last position Uh, But then the two people in front of him just fell down and he won a bronze medal So I was like, okay, you know what? If I can get him, I'll interview him and I'll do his story And he was super nice. He just he stopped and he he spoke English Which is a good thing because they're kids. So not all of them speak English and sometimes they would have like a translator But it's hard uh, to like speak with a translator, so he would speak English. And I just had my interview and I finished my article and everything, but that was love of like
0: panic. I feel like that's such an amazing life reporting experience like this to prove that you're able to turn something around like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what employers are gonna be like begging for is that yeah. you yeah. can work under that kind of pressure,
1: Yeah especially like adapting to one athletes just leave because that just happens <laughs> yeah they just leave and then
2: like they... yeah like especially younger kids who are maybe yeah. not even used to yeah. like being interviewed and like yeah. this kind of that occasions and everything just like they that, just leave yeah,
1: they're here to play their sport and then yeah they play their sport and leave and then they...
2: yeah or sometimes they even have coaches that are like okay no like mm-hmm. come come you're not answering questions and all that yeah. so i mean especially when they don't win anything Cause, like if you've got athletes that win a medal they're more likely to stop and like want yeah. to talk to you if it's someone who just did a normal race like they won't want to stop like why should they so
1: no there's probably you'll probably never have a more unique sort of live reporting experience especially dealing with younger kids yeah. like because yeah. you know when you when you get to, like you know dealing with adults, like, the the chances are they might be media trained, so they'll they'll probably go, oh, well, I've got to speak to that journalist, so, like, you've probably done it the hardest way possible. Yeah, and
2: it's just easier to contact adults, like, mm -hmm. they've got lots, like, press managers or, like, Mm -hmm. all of that, kids, like, maybe the delegations don't even have someone that you can talk to to arrange interviews, so what would is just go to the Olympic Village and, like, beg the volunteers (laughs) there and be like, can you please give me the contact from someone on that team, please? They would, like, they were so nice and helpful, but still, you had to go all the way to the village and ask for that, and then go all the way back.
1: Was there a sport that, like, surprised you? that Like, of how fun it was to cover?
2: Um, Well, in terms of pictures, definitely speed skating. Because I never watched it live. Like, I watched a couple of races, but I never watched it live. And it's just so fun, because you see them running, and there's, like, a lot of pictures you can take, because they've run in all these, like, weird ways, and, like... It's it's really fast, so like it it's a really good training because you really need to be there and like just click at the right time. But yeah, I had a lot of fun watching that. I I enjoyed hockey. I'd never watched a hockey game live before. Like in it, it's not that big of a thing. Yeah. Um, But like just watching, and uh, we went to watch the final for hockey because it was like the last second to last night. So there was the final for the gold, and it was like USA Czech Republic. Like the atmosphere was. Like Amazing, mm-hmm. and I got so invested, and I was like, "Wow, I never thought I'd be invested in ice hockey," but yeah, that was really, really yeah. fun to watch. I think
1: that's the best bit about covering live sport: that moment where you just get really invested in it, and like, it yeah. becomes difficult to actually like do the job because you're just so yeah. into it. <laughs>
2: no, for that, like, we were kind of free, so we we're like off duty, so we could be invested. But it was so hard when watching other sports because, of course, we had to like be neutral and like not cheer for anyone. And, like, I tend to get a lot of arrested, like, when I see the Italian kids <laughs> coming up. And so I'd be like, okay, I need to keep my focus. I need to not say anything. And, yeah, remember to take a picture of other kids as well, not just the Italians. <laughs> Except for that one time where they asked me to. Oh. So I just kind of went, because I befriended a couple of them. And one of them just asked me if I could go take some pictures of them. And I had to do something else, like, for the Young Reporters Programme. And I was like, okay, I'll just come for your race and then I'll take some pictures just like the Italian team and then I'll go back to do my work. I mean, it didn't take that much. Like, PSK is not that long, so
0: it's nice.
3: So, see for your submissions, like, at the end of the day. So, where did you send those off to and were they published anywhere?
2: So, yeah, we would send the pictures through, like, a software they gave us and it would go directly to the mentors and then they chose, like, kind of the best ones of the day and publish them on a website that's called Flickr. And it's like f- copyright free mm. images. So they're on the IUC Young Reporters Flickr page. Mm. All credited so you'll see like who took what picture. And then the broadcast, the videos are all on YouTube. So yeah, they all publish them on the Young Reporters YouTube channel. And the print articles are on a website, but I don't remember the name, so I need to go check it. <laughs> okay. Someone else asked me this and was like, Oh, where are they published? And I was like, Yeah, it's on a website. Somewhere. They're published somewhere. somewhere. I, yeah, I think it's searched with an M, but I'm not sure, so I'll have to check it and then I'll let you know. But they're published somewhere for people to read. So, yeah, I was also really happy because I wrote an article on a guest speaker that came that was the kind of like the head of the Olympic Broadcasting Services. And I just, like, kind of did a summary of his, like, talk and what he told us. And it was published, and then he emailed me, and he was like, oh, I've read your article, like, it was really good, it was really nice to see that, like, what I said resonated with you, and, like, you managed to, like, turn it into, a, like, well-written piece. And I was like, I was so happy. Was, you know, that's, like, an important person <laughs> telling me I did a
0: good job. So. <laughs> Were you at both opening ceremony and closing ceremony? How was that? Yeah, I was. Um, opening ceremony
2: was magical. Like, you see, you see all the, like, teams coming in, and then they had a couple of, like, intermediate shows, so it was, like, kind of K-pop, not that famous, but, like, kind of K-pop shows, and then you see them, like, putting up the Korean flag and putting up the Olympics flag, and they light up the torch, and the atmosphere was just amazing. It was freezing cold, but it was amazing, and I was taking picture that night, and I don't know, I had so much fun. There were, like, lots of things to capture and, like, just the whole atmosphere. And the stadium was full of people because it was free. So, because it's the youth games, so most events were free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a lot of people came to watch and you could see all these people, like, being surprised because not everyone can go watch an opening ceremony at the Olympics. And this was definitely smaller than, like, the big, big ones. But still, it was something good. And... Yeah, it was magical. And then the closing ceremony was way smaller. It was just like uh, kind of on a stage outside. But what made it, I don't know, kind of like a memorable moment was that it was snowing. So we were out there watching like, well, all the athletes come in and then the IUC president spoke. um, And they just kind of did a video, like a recap of those three weeks. Um, And yeah, they were just playing songs and all that. And it was snowing, so it was really fun. It was, again, freezing cold, but just the snow added to the atmosphere. And then all the kids came in with, like, their country's flags, and I even managed to take a picture with the Italian flag after that. So,
0: yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you were doing your project out yes. there as yes. well.
2: I was researching
0: for a project. How was that? I was, I was doing your your, your dissertation project at yeah. the same time. We, as...
1: I, I can imagine you are the only one probably doing a dissertation at the same time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I sometimes had to remember that I had to do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Just because I had so many things to do there that I was not thinking about uni, about life or anything. Also because for three weeks it felt like I was kind of in another universe. And not just because I was doing something so great that does not happen every day. Because for the time zone, like... I was 9 hours difference with the UK. So I would not receive messages until like 5 or 6 in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So like for the whole morning, the whole lunchtime, I was like I no disappeared cuz no one could reach I mean I couldn't reach them cuz they were yeah. sleeping and then when it was like afternoon here, it was night for me. So it was really hard to talk to people. So for like 3 weeks I barely spoke to anyone and and sometimes I had to remember that I had to work on my project as well. <laughs> so, like, I did a couple of interviews and I got some quotes from the get speakers and everything. And then I, I remember I was one day, I was sitting in like, a media room and I thought, okay, but I need to start planning my project. Like, I don't have that much time because when <laughs> I'll come back, it will be already February. So, it'll be like two months to work on it. Um, so I haven't, like, I've done most of my research there, like, got my interviews, got my stories um but i haven't written anything so i haven't i, I need to start now uh,
1: I, but, I, I haven't written anything either so okay done like, much research part part. yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So i think you're fine yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah but, i can't believe they couldn't give you like a little extension a little i'm at the olympics yeah. extension for like, <laughs> the
2: no i think well, i think i'll be pretty fine i even managed to like send in proposal and everything on time So that was good. Like I did it the same morning that was due, but it's okay.
1: Did We all, that's
2: that's (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I had to like actually focus and remember that I had a life outside of that that like had a uni to go back to. And like the last days it felt so weird. I was like, how am I going back to normal life after like these three weeks, like rush and thrill and everything. Cause everything felt like so boring. And I was like, how... Yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) It's
2: just... Like, because I was doing a lot of things. Like, I didn't have a free day or, like, a day where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm just chilling. Like, I might have a couple of evenings free or, like, afternoons sometimes. But we're still, like, doing lots of things. Because even if I had a free afternoon, I would not just sit in my room. I would just go out. We had the ocean in front of the hotel. So Mm -hmm. I would just go to the beach. And I... One day, I just... I finished all my work, and it was like 5pm, and there was a sunset, and I just went on the beach, and I just walked for half an hour on the beach, just enjoying the views. I'd never seen the ocean before, so I was like, okay, I need to enjoy it. You've
1: never seen the ocean before?
2: No, I mean, yeah, no, the north of Scotland, I don't count it as ocean. <laughs> no, <fair
1: enough. laughs>
2: But uh, that was my first time outside of Europe, so wow. nope, never seen really? the ocean before. Wow.
1: This is... You, this experience just keeps getting better. I mean yeah. we, we, we should really all go to Korea and cover the next Olympics. I I mean, we'll just... do a
3: little break trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: break trip. <to laughs> the good, I think we've got the budget for that, I think. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. There's always Milan Kutina, but it's not the same feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah. it was,
3: but, sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just saying it was still nice, like you said the time difference was a bit tough, but you still always kept in contact with like with your volleyball team. Yes, and it is. like um She was always sending her reminder messages as secretary.
2: Yeah, no, I feel like I wasn't doing... Well, of course, I couldn't do, like, my job kind of properly. So, like, before I left, I sent on the committee (laughs) group chat. I was like, guys, I'll be out of reach for three weeks. So, like, you should check the email. You should do that. Don't fall apart
0: without me. (laughs) me. (laughs) Don't fall (laughs) apart without me.
2: Um, But, no, I tried to, like, keep in contact with everyone. It was just hard. Because, like, even if you want to talk to a friend and you want to have a conversation and... You can only answer to each other, like, in real time for three hours a day. Mm-hmm. It was quite hard. Because, like, if I want to say something important, I don't want to send it and then have someone else answer me after 10 hours. Because yeah. they literally sleeping. so...
3: I know, Claudia even watched the live stream of her men's yeah. national trophy game. I think I it did. must have been, like, three in the morning for uh, you. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, that
2: game, I, I got so mad because I wish they would have won. Because um, I... It, was, it started, it was, like, 11pm. So, I was like, okay... Honestly, I thought it was going to be like a short game. So yeah. I so I was like, okay, it's 11 p.m. And the morning after, I had to wake up at 5 to go to Seoul. Because they oh, gave great. us a free day on the last day. Uh, but there was the closing ceremony, so we decided to go to Seoul. But we had to be back by 6 to get the open ceremony. So that meant, if we wanted to have like a nice 8 hours, living at 6 in the morning to go to Seoul. So we did. Because <laughs> you don't go to Seoul every day. Uh, so we, I, I, wo- I had to wake up at 5 in the morning. Uh, but the Men's National Trophy game was on, so I was like, okay, like I'll just watch it. I'll go to bed like half past midnight, like an hour and a half. It will be done. They went on until half past one in the morning. <laughs> and at that point, like they were playing five sets. So I was like, I can't stop watching now. like That would be just bad. So I stayed up until almost two in the morning, and I slept like three hours that night. And they also lost the game, so I was really <laughs> pissed. Because I was like, guys, I stayed up until two. You had to win. Uh, but then, yeah, so it was like three hours, and then for the next 48 hours, I basically didn't sleep. So, yeah.
1: Nice. Was that was that your biggest disappointment of the trip then? The, the, the main... <laughs> <No,
2: laughs> no best? No They're yeah, like, look, look at what do. I'm doing. Look <laughs> you know at what I'm what doing. <laughs> I am sitting up for you, and then you oh, get yeah, to smoke sets. So you play an there. amazing game, and you lose. Know, uh, I mean, I was still happy for them because they played really well, but I wish they would win. won.
3: <laughs> and how, how was the time difference, like the jet lag coming back? coming back was terrible. Yeah. So
2: when I, well, when I arrived there, it was not as bad. Also, because we arrived at night, we had like a really, really long trip. Um, so immediately went back to sleep. Uh, like we arrived at Yotel, it was 11 p.m. So went to sleep. Uh, the morning after I was quite tired, but it was not that bad. Coming back to Italy was terrible. I, for two days, I was dead. Because, well, I didn't sleep for 48 hours, uh, like the two days before coming back. So that also added to the tiredness. And then just coming back from like eight hours difference, terrible. And I had a birthday party the day after I arrived. And I I was getting ready for this party. And I was like, why am I doing this? Like, who made me go to this? Because <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it was like two in the morning, and it was like 7pm. Yeah. And I, I was just so sleepy the whole night. And the day after as well, it was just after lunch, I would just go, like, in the living room, like, just get on the sofa and, like, close my eyes. And I was like, I'm so dead. It took me, like, two days. And then I just recovered. So,
1: Did you have to do anything, like, after you got back? Was there? Or was it just, like, once it was done, was it done? Or was it, like, are you still in contact with them? Is there still stuff like,
2: Uh happening? Well, I follow all the mentors on Instagram. Mm. Um, we're not like, talking right now, but I know they want to do kind of, like, an alumni program to keep in touch with all the young reporters. And I know they kept contacts with the previous young reporters from, like, other years. Mm. So I'm assuming that's what they'll do again. Um, We don't have to do anything, like, right now, but, like, our photography mentors, they said, if we want to send them some pictures that we take and they can, like, give us feedback um, or, like, yeah, just kind of tell us what to do, Um, so yeah, if I take more pictures, I can just, like, email them, and they will tell me, like, okay, this is great, this doesn't work, and here's why, and all that, uh, but yeah, I'm hoping to keep, like, kind of the legacy with them as well, also because they were really nice people, so I just genuinely enjoyed being with the mentors as well.
1: Was it, like, um, did they sort of tell you what sort of the the previous reports have got up to? Like, have they if they continue to like... We
2: it? met a couple of previous Young Reporters because they, uh, I think four of them were working at the Olympics. So, well, for different broadcasts, some some like for their home countries, mm-hmm. some for like federations. Um, but yeah, a couple of them were there. So we could speak to them and they talked about their experience and kind of like what they got up to since that Young Reporters program and why that was useful. Um... And so yeah, we had that and they showed us like a couple of works from previous young reporters. So when we arrived, like the first day we had photography, they showed us like a slideshow of all the pictures that were taken at the previous games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they kinda like try to inspire us uh by showing us what other people our
0: age had done. So would that be a goal for you to go back as an uh Not a young reporter, but as a reporter for a federation or for a... That would be, yeah. I think, like, just going back to the Olympics to actually work and not just watch,
2: because I'm going to Paris to watch. That's not the same thing. Um, But, yeah, just going back and working. It could be for, like, a national federation. It could be for the international committee. Like, I don't mind as long as I get to go back and, like, relive that again. Because that's kind of what they told us, uh, like, the mentors. The Olympics are kind of a drug. So, like, once you start going to one, you want to go to all of them. Yeah, that's, let's say, um, I'm quoting. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a drag. Once you go to one, you want to go to all of them. And yeah, so for now, I'm just going to Paris to watch. But yeah, we'll see. But hopefully, hopefully there will be more. Do
1: you think you'll still get like the same buzz from just live sport in general now? Because I know like when I first came to uni, the idea was, oh, I'll just be a journalist. But now I've started doing live sport. The rush you get from live sport is like, I just find that so much more sort of exciting. Yeah. Do you feel like... Is that the same for you? How do you think live sport might be?
2: I think I think it could be because it just gives you an adrenaline that you don't get from like watching from TV, and it's kind of the same thing I got when like last summer I went to the volleyball Euros. Like watching it from the side, it was a different thing than just going like on the stands and watching as a normal person, you would say. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that changed it, and like just the rush of having, you not know, just the competition itself. But, like, the whole atmosphere of the stadium and, like, there were, of course, a lot of, like, Korean kids competing and when the Koreans were there, like, the stadium was full and you could just feel, like, the excitement, the support and I think that added to it, like, you don't get the same feeling
0: when watching, like, online, so. I have one last question. Does okay. anyone else have any questions before? No, I think I'm all right. Okay. What is next? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what is next? Uh,
1: it's break. Break's next. <laughs> break,
0: definitely <laughs> oh, break. Um,
2: what is next? Project, graduation, for <laughs> sure. Um, and then London in September. I'll be moving to London. I'm doing yes. a master's in London. I'm doing international sports journalism. And that's going to be really cool. And I'm excited. I'm scared, because that's going to be expensive a lot. <laughs> um, but, but... I mean, I worked hard, I got into it, so like...
1: Look, you've got the Olympics there. on your CV, if they- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, I think. No, when I did the interview yeah. with the like the professor from that uni, I, I told him that, and he was like, wow, that, that's like, amazing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. And then, so yeah, London next year. And then, hopefully, Milano Cortina. I don't know. I was like, when I talked to the Milano Cortina people, they... they're italians they don't really want to give jobs to like young people but um yeah we talked to them they're like "Mm, yeah like working for her is gonna be like really hard but we're opening up a lot of volunteer positions and i was like
0: "Mm -mm."
2: (laughs) volunteer positions
0: nope also
2: because i know what volunteers do at the olympics and it's i mean it's not not useful it's just not in our sector so like if you're a press volunteer at the olympics you just stay in the media room and hand out armbands for photographers. Yeah. So, no, not the apology. So hopefully, working for Milan-Cortina, I could be from the UK, from Italy. Like, I don't mind. I could do both, but hopefully that, because I can't do Paris, because it's just a summer. Nice.
0: So yeah, that's the
2: plan, I think that's, hopefully. I think but graduation that's... first. Yes. Yeah. First.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: we need to get there first. Yeah, I need
0: to finish this first, and then, yeah. That is all my questions. Thank you very much. This has been uh, a very special episode of Broadcast with Claudia about this amazing experience. Thank you very much, Claudia and Manu and Nathan. Thank you. Thank, Thanks, you, all. Claudia. Thank you. Thanks, Chloe. Then so, that's everything. Uh, we'll see you next time.